0: hello and welcome to cartel aristocrats cast number question mark i'm joined of course we're trying this again with edwin of Question markcom sorry about the audio for last time as everybody knows you couldn't quite uh
1: hear literally anything so we're gonna try and bring you better audio where are we recording from right now lovely phoenix arizona it's thursday evening before the players tour and
0: yeah so we apologize uh for any background noise we're currently in the middle of a booth at a Pro Tour. Uh, Who are we joined with today, Ed? Uh, Special
2: guest. Uh, Michael Caffrey, owner of toamagic.com. And what's TOA? Uh, TOA is our retail store acronym. It's Tales of Adventure for the Retail Store and TOA Magic Online. And uh, for those who don't know,
0: Ed, you can basically find Ed behind any TOA booth at any Grand Prix because TOA is basically at every magic event. And occasionally you can find me behind them as well. Um, So we're just going to re-record this cast and talk about the state of magic and all that, because uh, you guys couldn't hear anything last time at all from what we were told. I got a lot of DMs and uh, angry tweets saying like, Hey, we can't hear Ed. Every time he tries to talk, someone tries to ask him what
1: a pack of sleeves costs or something like that, because Jersey was crazy. Yeah, last time in Jersey, we had way too many people for way too small of a room. and this time, we have way too big of a room for way too (laughs) many people. So... Um, Yeah, so how was Jersey
0: Uh, for either of you guys?
2: Uh, New Jersey is always one of the best locations of the year. Uh, A lot of people coming out to sell cards, sell big collections, Uh, a lot of people spending money. Uh, We sold through about 20% of our stock of foils, uh, which is kind of the mark of a good show. It's just a a very high rate of customer interaction. Uh, We kept running out of ones and fives as well. Yeah,
0: um, so we're just going to sort of talk about the state of Magic right now with Ed and everyone, uh, because you guys both make a substantial amount of money vending these events or buying and selling Magic cards. It's a big part of your life. Um, What do you guys think about, like, Magic falling so much? And by Magic, I mean, like, competitive staples for Legacy and Modern, like what what they've shown since we last recorded in, like, October. (laughs) And, like, where do you think the health of the game is right now?
1: Uh, I think the game is actually in a pretty healthy spot. Um, (laughs) uh, I think Pioneer is a pretty good addition to Magic. Uh, Pioneer does suffer from some issues as we're recording this the evening of the Players Tour. Uh, We obviously had one iteration of um, events already last week in both Nagoya and Brussels. and that kind of gave us like the that kind of gave us a first look into what the format kind of shapes up to be like, because before this, even though we've gone through multiple bannings and mul- multiple cycles of the best deck existing, um, realistically, like Pioneer hasn't really had any sort of shape to it. It's just kind of been a large blob of decks where people decided that you know, Goals was broken, then like Oko was broken, we've gone through multiple iterations, and now the current tech, the one that, you know, everyone's talking about, probably roughly 20% of Magic Online 5.0 decks this past week has been uh, the Inverter Truth decks. Yeah. In conjunction with Thassa's Oracles. Basically, um, and like a two card combo that wins very quickly.
0: Yeah, um, and we've seen, um, do you want to extrapolate on that at all or
1: no? uh, Yeah, so like anyone who <laughs> hasn't seen it, Inverter <laughs> of Truths, it's a Mythic Rare <laughs> from Oko <Ophelia> Gatewatch. <laughs> Uh, it's a four mana six six fire, and when it comes into play, you exile your graveyard or you exile your library, and then your graveyard becomes your library instead. Um, usually, you know, when you're playing this, your graveyard's going to be pretty small. Uh, Thassa's Oracle. Uh, I think it reads something along the lines of: uh, you look at the top X cards of your you look deck. At
0: ETBs, you look at the top X, X cards of your deck. equal to the devotion to blue, and then if
1: you control. Uh, a library was smaller uh, than X. X. You won the game. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so you see, you see a lot of cute things like people try, like playing the Oracle and then fatal pushing with the ability on the stack. Whether if because if there's if you have no cards in your library, then obviously that's an instant win. Yeah. And the ability still triggers even if there, even if the of Oracle is removed, because all it cares about is your devotion <laughs> to blue. Right. So if you have no cards in your graveyard, you and you push your yeah. Oracle right. deck. Then you, pu- you push your Oracle, then like you have no deck, yeah, no, and then no. you just win on the spot.
0: So we're seeing some um, new decks pop up, which can lead to a bunch of free money, essentially, because that's what Pioneer has been. It's sort of like modern all over again in 2012, where you had um, Nourishing Shoal spike from nothing to something, and it became a staple of a deck. But for legacy and modern prices, besides Thoughtseize, because I think a lot of people got bailed out with Thoughtseize going up due to Pioneer. Like, do you feel like prices are healthier now for Modern and Legacy? Or do you feel like a lot of players just don't have money right now, and that's why prices are so low? Uh,
2: I I think a very healthy metric to look at Magic overall is in terms of real-world purchasing power. Um, When an Underground Sea costs uh, someone's rent payment, it's very difficult for them to get into Legacy. When an Underground Sea costs a car payment or a Legacy deck is something that someone can put a couple hundred dollars a month into and achieve after six months it's a very healthy number so I think what we're going to see is players starting to return to these formats uh, especially after the last the last year of Ren and Six, of Narset, Oko, a lot of these very powerful planeswalkers that have made the game less than fun that once we see new development after all, the, all those bannings because we've had major shakeups in those formats uh, we're going to see people start buying cards and investing in decks again Um, But right now for the game overall, uh, the the cheaper cards make the vending side a lot tougher. We come into a show trying to spend a certain amount of money and now we have to buy 50% more twice as many cards for these legacy and modern staples than we had to a year ago. Uh, Scalding Tarn was 90 or 100 six months ago, now it's 50 or 60. um, And to make the same dollar and cents we have to buy way more Scalding Tarns. But
0: the interesting thing is, overall, casual cards really haven't moved. In fact, they've gone up for the most part, like, either by sales amount, at least for me, or price-wise. They've held much more powerfully than some of these competitive cards. Do you guys think that, like, we're starting to see a shift? You know, we're talking right next to a command zone right now, which admittedly is not that full on a Thursday, but it was packed at GP New Jersey. Do you think that, like... Uh, a lot of these casual players are what's keeping a lot of vendors around in these tough times, where like their inventory may have dropped forty percent. If
1: all they do is buy expensive cards, I think the nature of Commander, because it's much less volatile, it makes it much easier to go deep on Commander stock. It makes it much easier to ensure that you have a certain amount of uh, a certain amount of interest in the format. If you hold Commander Night at your game store, for example. You're basically gonna always have the same amount of people show up, whereas a more competitive format like Modern Standard, it kind of waxes and wanes, where people will have a ton of interest when the format's great, and then you lose a bunch of interest in when you have something like Oko or you know Ren and Six, these like oppressive, more oppressive type cards that are essentially wrecking the format. Yeah. Um, and furthermore, right, like it's unlikely to have yeah. commander cards be overdone or be replaced in some form. You're never going to see a better soul ring. Soul ring is always going to hold its value. And if you look at some of the more popular, kind of the top tier commander cards, most of them are so unique, you don't really have an effect that you can replicate. Right? If you look at something like, uh, I'm trying to think of a heavy commander card, like children, right? Like it's, you know, if it's a bill of a legendary, like big dumb creature, it has a very big splashy effect. And you can't really have that effect that is going to be more mana efficient or on like an enchantment or something. So Shieldred is a card that will always do well, you'll always buy, you'll always sell it for a very fixed margin as opposed to a dual in where you're kind of tied into how the format becomes popular, how how deck become a deck becomes popular. Right like if we take the Ren Six example, uh, when when Rugdelver was playing heavily in Red Six, like tigers had gone up in value. Yeah. And now Tigers have you know, with the banning and legacy, Tigers have almost entirely regressed in price to where they were prior to Ran 6. Right. Uh, uh, so a,
2: a big part of the difference between competitive cards and casual cards especially when the primary vector of purchasing these is big magic events is that there is no elasticity on the supply side of of casual cards. Do you want to expand on that for our so casual listeners? El- elasticity of supply r- relates to uh, <laughs> if, we start, if we pay a bunch of money on something do we suddenly get more? Um, six months ago we paid twenty or twenty-five dollars as a as a Hollis number on Vidalcan Orrery at a major event, and we purchased three copies of Vidalcan Orrery across an entire weekend. Um, that was when the card had just gone up, so the number is perceived to be very, very good, but it doesn't mean we get more copies. Whereas something like uh, Liliana the Veil, if we say we're paying thirty-five or forty dollars in Liliana, we may buy sixty to eighty copies in one weekend. If you have the top buy list number, then.
1: It's a good way to put it. Yeah. People will see that as, we want to sell cards here. And you'll also likely have a bunch of people that will sell nothing but the hotlist cards. Yeah, And as a result, you'll get a very, very large amount compared to someone whos who doesn't have Liliana other the Vale on their list or they pay a more average number. Yeah.
2: So the real synthesis, though, is that uh, for a card like Liliana, every weekend vendors are out, they're buying it, they're going to have 50 more copies to put on TCG Player on Monday and there's no one soaking up that supply, so the price has to come down. Whereas on Vidalcanori, we're listing three, there's people who are playing in the Commander decks every week, and that price is going to keep drifting up because more people are trying to buy Vidalcanori and sell it at any given point in time.
0: Yeah. So we sort of talked about the different formats, and I know we talked about this two weeks ago, Ed, but like, for both of you, what are your goals for this year when it comes to like MTG Finance? Is there like, anything you're trying to do this year with any profits you may make, as far as like what your future goals are for people that don't know, or are you trying to expand
1: your business in a certain way? Uh, so I guess um, for me, like and, and like I've done this long enough. It's I've seen basically all of it, right? You see, you know what the highs look like when Bitcoin when Bitcoin explodes, or when uh, when a new format has dropped, right? Like Pioneer, we've basically seen the biggest shakeup in mtg finance essentially since modern was introduced or with the huge bitcoin spikes uh and then obviously like the flip side of that is you have to be able to ride out the lows right like i i believe this past like six months has been particularly tough for retailers i know a disproportionate amount of stores have closed in this time yeah relative to the past few years when it felt like magic was doing nothing but being Going on the down. rise yeah um right, but that's kind of the nature of the industry you have to be able to ride out the kind of lows you have to be able to insulate yourselves from various problems that you may have. Um, if your entire if your entire business model is tied to how successful magic is going to be, you're going to be faced with some very, very tough times, especially if this is something that you're looking to in the long run. Um, I feel like I've been pretty good at insulating myself from that. Uh, part of that is just being able to have you know more realistic sales goals, um, being able to market in a different way that attracts a different set of clientele than you know, your conventional brick and mortar operation. Uh,
2: a lot of what we're trying to do this year overall is innovating in the space we're operating in. Uh, a lot of this comes back to operational efficiency. We're trying to bring more cards to any individual magic fest so that when someone comes up and says, I need uh, Noxious Grasp, we're gonna have 20 or 30 copies instead of zero to four and developing a system where we can do that, we can bring it, uh, we, can, we can have cards on site Back in the, the home office side, a lot of it comes back to the, the same of, of really focusing on process, focusing on turnover, and trying to build a business that's that's just more robust to be more responsive in, in times of downturn. Uh, we're also really working on, on the website, on some amount of content. Um, we posted some Twitter deals this weekend we're trying to get some action on, and we invested in a laser cutter and engraver so that we can make custom items. Like saga counters, tokens, etc., to give our customers more ways of interacting with us going forward. I think the. I think the
1: biggest. Um, I, I think I think the biggest like uh, takeaway from this is that in order to really have to be able to stay ahead or survive in this industry is like like you had mentioned you have to be able to innovate you have to be able to do things that other people aren't doing because if you take the model of a traditional brick and mortar if you look at the model of a, like a convention booth like a gp booth brick there, and
0: mortar still exists
1: <laughs> there there isn't a lot of there. Really, people aren't really doing new things mainly because people one people have gotten comfortable with what they do and two they don't i guess a lot of people don't see the need to innovate and i think that's kind of led to this industry becoming stagnant. That's probably why a lot of people are failing because fundamentally the convention booth, the brick-and-mortar store, is largely like an 80s and 90s model from the old days of of hobbies, right? Yeah. And like, it's, like we don't, you know, see a lot of updated things, right? Like stores are slowly starting to catch on to, let's implement an, uh, an in-store ordering system via kiosk, right? That's something that stores have become more and more receptive to doing, especially with advent of uh, like uh, tc player pro that's made it more available yeah. um, and these these are these are the advances that people need to make if you know if people are going to look to have any sort of longevity in this industry
2: yep. one of the one of the biggest challenges to brick and mortar is just the increased number of distinct types of inventory or the types of cards that have come out the mystery expansion is now 1800 more skus for every store we see it with theros and throne having the extended arts that a store who's actively trying to buy and sell singles, normally you'll see, uh, as they as they increase their, their overall supply, they will increase their inventory value maybe five or 10% a year. Trying to keep four copies of everything on hand in your retail store now means your inventory is going to increase 20 or 25% year over year. And in the US, that means you have to pay taxes on the increased inventory. And it means you have to take money out of somewhere else or out of your profits to be able to do this which is very tough for a, for a store to be able to budget properly.
0: Not to mention the fact that there's now like four different types of a lot of standard cards. So it can be really, it can be a pain in the butt for LGS employees to organize it, for example. That like may not be at the same top tier to cal- caliber as a lot of shops out there. Um, and those will sit for a while sometimes if you don't have a way to get rid of them. Um, so prices are down, stores are adapting. Ed, we sort of talked about your personal stuff going on, like, what are your goals in the next five, what are your goals in the next five (laughs) years, mister, and why should I offer you this job?
1: Wait, you're offering me a job? I'm I'm not not offering you a job. (laughs) Uh, I'm so confused now. Uh, I, I don't quite remember what I had mentioned on the last show.
0: I think. talked about uh, like, what you potentially would want to do if you could use magic to pay off a certain thing and
1: go do that. Yeah, yeah, I guess... Because uh, remember, I they're hearing
0: know. this for the first time again.
1: Right, right. I, I literally don't remember what I said last time at all. Um, I think yeah, it was I something
0: think, like, my name is Edwin, I'm
1: six foot three, I, I think a big part of what uh, I had mentioned was, like, this is basically just a way to... Uh, to build up a bankroll for medical school. Um, uh, medical school is like something I've always wanted to do. Uh, just didn't really feel practical with the amount of money that it costs. Uh, yeah. School's not cheap. Yeah. Realistically, if I could graduate from medical school with no debt, I would like to go and do uh, Doctors Without Borders. That's uh, that's a charity I've supported heavily in the past. I know you support it as yeah. well at one of your past <laughs> events. Uh, basically provides relief to um, the third world countries following a major humanitarian humanitarian crisis, thermal uh, disaster, whatever. Um, so, like, they pr- they basically put up, like, pop-up hospitals, like, in Haiti following tropical storms last year when it demolished a lot of the island. You see them all over, like, Africa, where, like, where there's, like, places that are, like, heavily um, torn up by war, right? They provide relief there. Uh, they provide relief in, like, Syria, various places to refugees that are just kind of in limbo. Um... And that's basically what I want to do with my life and I think a big part of that is just being able to give back the, give back a lot of the privileges that others don't have. Yeah. And I think that's uh that, that, that's kind of, that's kinda of like what drives me to do this. Um, so um, it magic isn't something I definitely plan on doing forever. It's uh, it's a very it's a very short term play. It's a means to the end. It's a means to the end <laughs> and that's and that's something that I've I've very much come to terms with. Um, so like that. It's both a blessing and a curse. One allows me to, it allows me to be relatively insulated from a lot of these retailers who are very entrenched in this, right? Because, you know, a lot, of, a lot of brick and mortar owners, for example, this is, this is, this is their whole life. Like that's, yeah, that's, and they're not making much. They're they're not making much, and it comes down to, this this how they pay their bills, how they pay themselves, how they keep themselves afloat. Uh, you know, every decision they make, it comes down to their bottom line. Right, and they and they have to choose between. Um so like
0: yeah,
1: got it. <laughs> uh I'm I'm relatively insulated from that. No. I I'm fine <laughs> if if magic fails tomorrow and you know, this you know, magic dies or whatever, like I'm still fine. Um I'm not particularly tied to this in such a way where it would be catastrophic for me. I I'm really fortunate for that. So yep.
0: And then, besides potentially doing doctors
1: without borders, are there any like goals you have set for yourself? Like, uh, I made a pretty extensive uh, for anyone who's friends with me on Facebook. I made a pretty extensive uh, bucket list for the for the next 10 years. A lot of it is travel oriented. Uh, there's like a small there's a small set of bucket list items for like each state. Things that like a lot of outdoor things. A lot of things that would, in theory, encourage me to do more at these grand prix than just. Go to airport, go to convention center, go to hotel and then leave. Yeah. Um it involves like a lot of outdoor activities, seeing like various national parks, like actually going out and doing normal people things. And You want to
0: go all the way down Washington off 40 far to go to the <laughs> Gateway Arch,
1: which I think is interesting. Go to the top of it. To yes. the top of it so. Yeah, you can yeah. ride an elevator yeah. up. Yeah, so no so everyone knows up. this, right? But yeah. like uh the only reason I knew this was because I actually yeah. walked underneath it when I was in St. Louis. Oh, yeah, right? like it, yeah. Uh you can actually go to the top. It's just the like various things that you know um, are worth doing. Uh, not all with travel-based. There's a lot of personal things. A lot of is like fitness goals. One uh, of on there is like to run a four-minute mile. Apparently, I'm told I'm too short to run a four-minute mile, so we get to uh, <laughs> we get to see how this plays out. Uh, but, but before that, I have to be able to run a six-minute mile and a five-minute mile. Um, there's various things like running like. Uh, completing a triathlon, right, running a, a 10K, a half marathon, a marathon, right, a marathon, multiple continents, etc. A and triathlon
0: just, involves bikes, right? Yes. I hear that's really hard. <laughs> I Three of 10. People. Three <laughs> of 10. <laughs> yeah. That,
1: that, 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 one
0: was, that one was like a C minus. That was yeah. pretty bad. Um, Sorry. I guess I spoke too soon.
1: Uh, that was like a six out of 10. I, 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 can, I can appreciate that one.
2: Yeah. Uh, so one of your uh, Arizona goals is visit the Petrified Forest National Park. That's uh, 165 miles from Phoenix. So which day this weekend do you want to go do that?
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, it is not the most riveting event here, but uh, we'll have to see. But doing various things like the... Uh, I'm, I'm glad that uh, Michael pulled up an example. Like Doing various things like this is kind of just a way to be able to get a little more value out of my travels for doing this. Um, a lot of people have asked me how much I enjoy doing this, am I experiencing burnout, um, like is the jet-setting life all it's set out to be? Uh, and you had said that like you gave up things at home. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. So like, you know, on, on the surface, on the surface it looks pretty glorious, right? Like, you know, people say like, man, I wish I could just go to a different city every week. Um, I just got back from the Grand Prix Nagoya last weekend. Yeah. Uh, like, going to Japan is cool, it was fun. But We've both been quite a lot of times. Yeah, I think uh, I'm like on my 18th or 19th trip to Japan or something. Yeah. Like, uh, for, on the surface, a lot of people be like, "Man, I wish I could just go to Japan once." But once you factor in, uh, it's a lot uh, of hours in economy. It's a lot of hours flying. Right, we I left I left uh, New Jersey Monday morning at six a.m. Oh, wow. to start flying. By the time I got to Osaka into my friend's uh, apartment, it was eight thirty p.m. on Tuesday local time. We had a amount of time to prepare for the Grand Prix. We drove three hours... Excuse me, sir, it's a magic fest. We drove three hours from Osaka to Nagoya, did the Grand Prix all weekend. Uh, Monday morning, flew from Nagoya to Tokyo, where I actually had some downtime for the day, and then Tuesday, flew straight to Minneapolis. Um, or flew from Tokyo to Minneapolis, Minneapolis to Phoenix. Yeah, like I said on the last cast, like, as
0: long as you're happy doing this, that's what matters.
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, like... Like, is it fun? Sure. Like, do I enjoy the travel? Sure. Right. But like the things like that, Jeremy had kind of alluded to. Uh, like, you know, some of my friends are. Uh, I actually was recently invited to another wedding. Probably be best man at the wedding. Probably asked to speak again. I've been best man like, you know, six times now. It kind of humble talking. brag over here, guys. <laughs> uh, right. It, it, it gets. It's a little rough to see all your friends kind of go through these traditional life milestones. Right. Like getting married. Uh, some of them are starting to have kids now. A lot of them are like buying like you know their first house or whatever, uh, getting things like oh I got promoted my job right. Like these are various milestones that people expect to have throughout the course of their life. That I just realistically it's not it's not on my radar to experience right now. Right like I'm uh, like not really looking for a relationship. I don't think that's really fair to anyone. Sorry, ladies and or guys. I don't judge. Like I don't think that's really fair to another person if I'm gone. You know. Last, Last year I spent like 192 nights in hotels, like just on the road all the time. It's not really fair to them. Sounds like you're Marriotted to the game. Okay, that that was like that was like that, that, was, like a, that was a ter- that was a terrible, terrible fun. I thought it was great. Yeah. Jesus. Okay. I can't I can't get any uh, breaks here. Um, yeah. I can tell you that managing a relationship while on the road is not fun. Yeah. And like that's you know that's like does it bother me at times? Sure. Uh, do I deal with like various like signs of burnout sure I definitely have like days that are relatively frustrating especially if, you know, if it's the end of a long weekend I just want to get home flight's delayed miss a flight bags don't make it etc like those those add up those add up on you and like it doesn't seem like that big of a deal uh, but when
2: um, <laughs> very fortunate that uh, Alyssa is is very tolerant and understanding when I'm gone all the time uh, but also having her there to help uh Get everything packed up so we can keep hitting the road is uh, is, is very appreciative. Uh, it really is. It really is a grind though. Uh, yes. I had I had a deal out of state a couple days ago, so I've been in planes for four of the past six days. I think we all have. Uh, yeah, I guess it's all time <laughs> yeah. So even when you just don't leave the country, like I think I've flown, I've flown like fourteen thousand miles in January or something like that in, inside the United States. It's, I wouldn't wish this life on anyone else. Yeah, yeah it's, uh... Well, well,
1: once you kind of break it down, it's much less glorious once you figure out, like, having to deal with... Doing well, how are you? Flying all the time, layovers, rental cars, sleeping in a different hotel every night.
0: The amount of time we all probably spend in airports is equal to what some people spend at work, I would guess. It's
1: very possible. Yeah. It's very possible. Yeah, I, like uh, I think, like, uh... I think, like, towards the end of the year I posted on yeah. Facebook, like, I spent, like, tw- 26 days last year flying. Yeah. That was, like, my actual in-air time. That's not yeah. even... Considering airports, layovers... And that's just kind plain playing that wrong. So she was seen that coming. I feel I feel like that one was uh, fairly obvious. I feel like we're all united in that pun. Come on. Wow. Red, <laughs> this is... Can, can, can we, can, we just can't have a nice thing nice with Jeremy. This is just too much at times. Yeah.
2: I think there's a big delta in appreciation between Ed and Jeremy on oh. these puns. Yeah,
1: oh, sometimes they land
0: and sometimes they just boing off of him. Or should I say boing? Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm definitely transitioning out of magic. I've become pretty autonomous with it and gotta move on. So can't complain too much. I'm still a bum and I still show up to Grand Prix, but at home when I'm home, I'm spending way less time on Magic. So legacy tournaments are fun though. Can't complain about that. Yeah, I think you're you're scheduled to have one coming up pretty soon. We have a twenty K in a month that sold out on the day of announcement and then we're announcing a forty K in a month that'll sell out on the day of announcement too. So, yeah, I've, ne- I've never thought I'd have players yell at me for not taking their money before. And then we hit a cap and players are like, let me into the tournament. I'm like, I cannot let you into the tournament. Like, it's a problem. Um,
1: yeah. You going to use those
0: airline miles at all for anything?
1: No. Uh, I, I mentioned to Chris earlier, like when we were uh, on our way back from lunch, uh, one of the guys at the booth here. Uh, I don't, I don't view the miles as something that I'm obligated to spend all the time, even with the devaluations.
0: Into the mic, because... What? Into the mic,
1: because it's yeah. Sorry, we have an overhead announcement. I will repeat myself after, after the announcement ends. Hey, Ed, do you know why, if you're cold,
0: you should go stand in a corner? Why should I go stand in a corner if I'm cold? Because I hear they're about 90 degrees, Ed.
1: <laughs> Is it? <laughs> 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 yeah. Um... Yeah, so uh, to back up, the original question was, why don't I spend my airline miles? Uh, I spoke with Chris earlier, one of the people behind the booth about this. Uh, I don't actually view the airline miles as something I have right now. It's even though they're being devalued, uh, I don't really treat it as something that's mine that I need to spend right away. I'll use it if the opportunity comes up and it's, uh, I find a particularly good deal. For the most part, I'm just banking them for retirement. Uh, i'd rather deal with it later don't really think it's a fundamentally any different than like a 401k it's a bonus that you earn on top uh i have to travel to these events i have to spend money on flying the fact that i get a ton of extra airline miles as a multiplier due to status doesn't really doesn't really matter to me um <coughs> excuse me i would argue that it's not really that different than in the 401k example for example um what you're choosing to do is you're setting aside certain amount of money, your employer may or may not match that. And Employers?
0: We work in the magic industry. Yeah, that's a good one.
1: Like, they, can choo- they can choose they choose to, you know, match it or whatever. And it's something that will pay off when you're 65 or 67 or whatever the hell age we're going to retire at. For us, it's probably going to be like you know, 72 or something. Yeah, um, Or like 45, I don't know. Or also 45 if you're but Jeremy. But, uh, um, <laughs> but like... I'm fine leaving it for, I'm fine leaving it for retirement. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stress about it. Um, And then in theory, at the end, of it I'll have like a nice bank of miles. I'll be able to travel freely. I'm gonna take your friends. Uh, That's what I did with mine. uh, uh, I've also looked into. um, No, you actually mentioned it. Uh, Around the world tickets. No, uh, actually, like donating miles. You can actually donate miles to to, to various charities. I'll take this. Uh, It's been brought to my attention that it's not necessarily the best redemption use of Miles. Uh, Either you're better off, like... Actually, I shouldn't say this. Uh, (laughs) uh, You're better
2: off using it for a flight for yourself and donating what you would spend on that flight instead. Yes, yes. Uh, Which is still ethical. Yes.
0: Yes.
1: Not that we would ever do anything unethical here, but, uh... (laughs) Definitively. Not allegedly. (laughs) (laughs) Definitively not do anything unethical. (laughs) (laughs) Because... It'd be unethical.
0: Yep. So... We've been recording for half an hour. Is there anything you want to talk to our listeners about?
2: <laughs> uh, oh, you're just putting me on the spot on all this stuff. That,
1: that's, part, that's part of podcasting. Yes. yes. That, that, that's why we do it live. That's why we don't prepare. Uh, okay. Um, I I don't think there's too much... Uh, for the most part, I'm still around. Uh, as previously mentioned, I'll still be at every Tales Adventure booth inside the U.S. Uh, I actually don't plan on slowing down on the travel I do. I'll probably be traveling just as much both <laughs> in the U.S. I may slow down a little bit overseas. <laughs> There's upper limit to how much you know trans. How many flights. red eyes you want to take? Yeah. How many trans-Pacific and trans-Atlantic flights yeah. I can uh, I can handle? More? Yeah. I can uh, but for the most now. part, I'll still be around. Um, <laughs> I pay eight
2: so dollars. I spend more
1: time working on Vermillion. It's my uh, it's own company. Uh, I've been spending a lot of time with working on the social media aspect of it, just to have those in place. Uh, a lot of pe- some people started finding out about Vermilion before I was ready to tell everyone, but you know it's out there. A lot of people know that's me, um, and that's something that's that takes up a lot of my time during the week when I'm not at events. Uh, so right now it's a lot of just social media branding, trying to get all the platforms set up in a way where I can use the maximum effect. Uh,
0: We'll Beyond
1: that, month that's month that's mm-hmm. taking it's up it's the majority of my time right now. So uh, between that doing that during the week and then doing like, Grand Prix during a weekend, I really don't have that much free time. So But I'm still around, I haven't really gone anywhere. Yeah. I know some people had asked about like when I would start my own podcast. Not enough. Uh, soon, yes, so soon mind. soon soon trademark. Um, I don't read all the words, i like to read It's one of those things where it's on my radar to do, I just haven't really had the time or energy to as much
2: as I do want
1: to. Devote, especially devote when there are just things that are just like way more pressing. Like getting my taxes done, which I hope to do after I get no, back on Monday. That's what extensions are for. <laughs> That's something I would like to get done like within this past week or so That's since there's no like more events in the, ne- like in the next like two weeks.
0: Yeah, until Reno and the 28th or whatever.
1: Till Reno at the end of the month. Yeah. yeah. So.
2: Got any fun plans, Kev Oh, no, I'm probably gonna fly somewhere, spend money on magic cards, and fly back. To sell uh, those cards, to sell those cards again. A dream, yes. I, I maybe, maybe you, like switch it up and be a Pokemon event this year. That's like the most exciting thing we're probably gonna do in
0: 2020. I'm uh, traveling a lot and uh, working on learning Mandarin. It's basically been it. Yeah, uh, what do I care? This is the best condition. This
1: one's scratch bad. So why don't you take me fishing? Yeah, I'll take out you on, fishing. Yeah, out in Hilton in Head. Hawaii. Oh, in Hawaii. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's also fine. That's right. where we go
0: yeah. deep-sea fish. Oh, are you talking on the boat? Yeah, yeah we, yeah. Can, go, we I, can go... Either is fine. Either is fine. Yeah. Uh,
1: I think Hilton Head is actually on my bucket list for sweet. South Carolina. Yeah. Uh, so that's, like, one of the things that... We can,
0: we can stay on a place on the island. It'll be fun.
1: Yeah, so... So.
0: Yeah, I forgot. I got to take another member of the booth, deep-sea fishing in
1: Hawaii. Got so, it. Um, yeah. Yeah. If I'm ever in your state and there's something sweet that we you can recommend, I'd sure. love to hear it.
0: Unless he's in a state of
1: misery. Yeah.
0: Well, thanks for listening, guys. Anything you two want to say before we get out of here at all? No. All right.
1: Thanks for listening to the cast, guys. You can reach out to Ed where? Uh, I'm on Twitter. Uh, my personal Twitter is... I haven't noticed. Well, what's my personal Twitter? Edwin13. Edwin13. You can follow uh, Vermilion on Twitter. It's at Vermilion underscore PDX. Um, I have multiple iterations of that. Right now, there's not much on Twitter. I'll probably use Twitter to post various sales on things. Uh, i think currently like my only post on there is uh, regarding japanese uh theros collector booster packs that i have i'll probably use that as a better platform for sales especially some of the things that aren't quite as easy to list and sell on tcg player ebay etc uh so that may be my general platform uh, so for people who want to see deals and sales they can definitely follow me on that one
2: mike where can people find you uh, everyone can find me on twitter at Toymagic. uh nominally at toa mike as well or toa underscore mike one of those uh don't expect many postings
0: you can find me on twitter at MissouriMTG. mtg i hope to see you guys at the 20k except it's sold out already so if you didn't buy a spot suck i suck it i don't know like you missed out uh we have a 40k coming up sorry 40k coming up in the great state of Missouri, off of Farty far in washington washington as i said and uh yeah, thanks for listening, guys. I'll hopefully check in with that occasionally throughout the year when I'm at GPs. But thanks for listening to the cast. Sorry, Jim, couldn't make it because he wanted to make it.
1: Yeah, uh, <laughs> I forgot to add That's something that even though I'm technically not doing the cartel cast anymore, as I see Jeremy over the course of the year, uh, it's relatively easy to set up. A, I will uh, pressure
0: him every event, ladies and gentlemen.
1: It's, it's relatively easy to set us up. Uh, since we have no longer have a, a visual feed on this, we are all huddled around a microphone. We also don't have a gameplay. deadline anymore
0: to produce episodes. <laughs> yeah.
1: so, thanks again for listening, everyone. <laughs> Talk to you next time. And uh, may the most you wish
0: for be the least you get. And as always, bye bye